Thank you, Nisim. It's a privilege and a pleasure, certainly, to be here again with you in the uh, station of J Radio. And uh, we are uh, disseminating kosher music and the Vre Torah to all our wonderful and precious Jewish listeners out there all over in uh, Radio Land and J Root Land and Internet Land. And, um, and I want you to know it's uh, nothing's for free in this world. Everything that's worthwhile. Even the Gemara tells us, a doctor, you got to pay the doctor. Otherwise, he's, he's worthless. So we have, when we're receiving benefits, we have to know it, could, it, it, it behooves us to show our gratitude. And the way to show our gratitude over here is to uh, uh, text in or call in uh, a, a pledge, a donation. Anything you can give is certainly appreciated, and it'll go a long, long way. Actually, it's a big zechut because it's a zechut of tamutura keneget kulam. You are teaching, you are, you are joining in the teaching of of Torah to all all over the world, and it's a kiruv situation as well. So we have a big opportunity and a big chiyuv also to show our uh, gratitude towards the J Radio Station. And uh, please take advantage of it. You only have one time to take advantage of anything. That's in this world. You can only do maasim tovim in this world. In the next world, it's only the time for reward. There's no ma'asim tovim. You can't even do a teshuvah in the next world. The only time for teshuvah in this world. You can only regret and say, achatati, aviti, pashati, in this world with your free will. And that's what we're, we're talking about uh, uh, today, actually. We're making, we've made, actually, last week, a siyum on Sefer Bereshit. And the truth is, we're in love with Sefer Bereshit. All of our abot, aimahot, the shebatim, Yosef HaTzadik, all of them are ensconced in Sefer Bereshit. And this is the yesod of the foundation of us Jewish na- of the Jewish nation. That's why Hashem put it there right in the beginning. It's, that's the bedrock, the bedrock of everything that we have. In fact, that is the bedrock for Matan Torah, the fact that all of these greats, these great Sadiqim, the Yisodot, are, uh, there are models, models of Midot, Midot Tovot, Yirat Shamayim, and it's only on, the, on their merit that we are going to uh, be receiving the Torah upcoming in Sefer, Shemot. Now, now, um, you know, of course, Sefer Bereshi, we have the uh, privilege, you can open it up uh, 12 months a year. You don't got to wait for the Bereshi to be learned, to be read again in the, uh, in, in you know, uh, in the Torah. You don't got to wait for it. You could, anytime you want, you open up Sefer Bereshit, Bereshit, Sefer Bereshit, and study it. And those are there forever. And of course, that's what Hashem is thinking. His name is thinking all these Yesodot especially in Sefer Bereshit, and the whole Torah as well. Now, we have just just a couple, just to review to a couple of them. One is, well, because we just touched on it, Bechirah Chofshit. Bechirah Chofshit is, um, right away, it's uh, uh, mentioned in Sefer Bereshit. Why? Because Adam HaRishon had the uh, choice to eat or not to eat. To listen to his wife, not to listen to his wife. That's a Bechirah. That's a choice. Every All of our successes are only gained by utilizing our free will choices. You have a free will to do something or not to do something. That's our success. Even if you don't um, carry it out, how's that? That's an unbelievable idea. You have a free will to do something. You want to do it. And especially by a Yehudi, if he doesn't carry it out, if he, if he, if he was me'akev, something happened to him, he has ki'ilu asa'a. He has reward as if he did it. As if he did it. Um, he wanted to give tzedakah, but something happened. He went into his pocket, and the money fell out of his pocket. 
But he had in mind to give tzedakah. Ki'ilu asa'ah. It's like he did it. In fact, we learn in the Gemara today, he doesn't regret it. He, a Jew, gives tzedakah, even though, you know, he, he, he doesn't, he, he, he's happy that he gives tzedakah. He's not regret it. But uh, on the other hand, a goy that gives tzedakah, he really, he doesn't see, if he doesn't see any benefit in it, that's what it is. If he doesn't see any benefit in it, he regrets that he gave it. A Yehudi gives tzedakah, al-minat benim, benim, be-maseh kedushin in order that my son should have a, have a, he should be healed. Yechia means he should live. But we told him, let's say he should get, um, uh, he should have a, a recovery, and uh, something happens, and Chas uh, didn't happen, uh, he doesn't regret it. He still gets reward. But the, the Goy, if he doesn't get what he wants, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's regretting the fact that he gave the tzedakah, so he doesn't get any sakhar at all. So, we're talking about Bechirach of Shit, and that's everything. We only have it in our lives. And when you're younger, you have a big, big, big you have a big Bechirach of Shit. When you're older, you're bogged down. Maybe you're, you, you know, you, you, you're tired. Yeah, but when you're young, you have Kohot. You have Kohot, you're lively, you're jumpy, you jump around, you're able to think quickly. So you have big, a big obligation to utilize those things. That's your Bechirach. That's your Bechirach. That's, um, that's the tenet of Judaism, that we have free will. It means freedom, free will. It's, mis- it's misunderstood, basically. Of course, God runs the world. God runs everything in the world. Uh, everything. Now, that's the Bechira. Where's that? Where, how's that work? Everything is in the hand of heaven. That's in materialistic things. Whether you're going to make money, not make money, uh, even your health is b'deshamayim. Even your health is b'deshamayim. Although Rambam tells you that uh, if you, in most cases, if you uh, take care of your health, it's in your hands. In most cases, it's in your hands. If you watch what you eat, you watch what you exercise, if you look both ways when you cross the street, then you live a long life, Rambam tells you. That means it's in your, it's in your hands. But, 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 Hakol b'deshamayim usually means material things is b'deshamayim. Chutz me'irat shamayim. Except in spiritual matters. Spiritual matters mean yirat shamayim, being aware of Hashem, being learning His Torah, having midot tovot. Midot tovot is 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 yirat shamayim. That's not that's that's not hakol b'deshamayim. No, that's midot to to hone your character traits. That's within your free will. To not to answer back, that's free will. That's you're not going to answer back. Somebody insults you, but uh, whatever it is, you hold your you hold yourself from answering back. That's that's a big mitzvah, tremendous. That's bidei adam. That's that's yirat shemaim. That goes in the yirat shemaim uh, column. That you're able to exercise your free will in midot tovot in good character traits to be charitable. That's that's not that's a that's to be charitable. And if a person has a tendency not to be, he can break that tendency. So certainly that's that's a that's So we are seeing over here that free will. Free will, all of your successes is within your free will choices. And you have a free will to to do, but not to accomplish. You have a free will to go to to go to shul, you don't know if you're going to get there. You have a free will to go to work. You don't know if you're going to get there. That's up to Hashem. But, but, in a way a person wants to go, 
also means he prays to go. He's praying to go. He's asking Hashem's help to go. So you have to have that rotzila lechet. You have to have that effort. You have to have hishtadlut. Hishtadlut is a, is a mitzvah to have hishtadlut. Hishtadlut, you got to go to work. Can't just say, Hashem, send me the money in the mail. No. You have to show hishtadlut. Hashem's not going to make open miracles for you with the money in the mail. It's actually, a, it's abira to do that. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mitzvah to show hishtadlut because that is your test. It's your test to show hishtadlut and at the same time to think that it's not you doing it. That's the test. I'm making hishtadlut. I'm going to work, but Hashem is sending me the salary. He's sending me the panasah. Hey, but I'm doing it. It's like the baker. He's baking the bread. I'm, 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 I'm cutting the wheat. I'm uh, reaping it. I'm winnowing it. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm separating it. I'm putting it in. I'm kneading it. I'm putting some, I'm putting some water with it. I'm, and I'm putting it in the oven. Finally, the bread comes out. So it looks like he's making the bread. No. Now he's making all the hishtadlut. But he has to know that only Hashem is making the bread. Now, this is the big. This is the big test. That's the test of life: to work hard, but to know at the same time it's not you doing it. There's, this is this is where our free will choice. This is where our. This is where we gain our reward in the, in those areas. Now, so that's the first biggest uh, thing that Hashem puts right in the front there. We're talking about the. We're talking about fundamentals. We're reviewing just one or two fundamentals because I know we reviewed them last week, but we're reviewing one or two uh, essential fundamentals that Hashem puts in Parashat Bereshit that we have to think about it. All these fundamentals, we must think about them. Free will. Free will again. You you have some time, you have free will to open a sefer, and you open the sefer. So this is is a big reward to do that. Not only a reward, you're, you're training yourself to do the right thing. Free will is a training to do the right thing. A person could take that same free time and do nonsense, do silly things with it. Maybe Chasper Shlomi opens a television set. That's terrible. That's misutilizing your free will. When a, per- when a person utilizes his free will in a correct manner, Hashem gives him more free will. More free will. So, so we are touching on one of the, great, the greatest subjects, the subject of free Will bechira hofshit free will. So now, in fact, Hashem goes so far. Free will is that he he, he 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 doesn't. It's one of the reasons why Hashem does not reveal Himself openly, although He's very revealed openly in the world, because it'll take away your free will. If Hashem was to come on the mountain like He did in Har Sinai and say Anochi Hashem Elohecha, all the Jewish people they died. They fainted and they died. They had to have techetim team, And that really was not Hashem's plan. That was one time in history. Hashem had to do that, to put it in the blood, put it in our blood that there's a God in the world. And we know there's a God, but that is our God. Elohecha. So he put it in there one time in history. He never did it again. Because if he does that, there's no free will. If, if Hashem was, was, was to come down from the mountain and start to talk every day from the sun, and he would say, I am the Lord your God that took you out of Egypt. The whole world will go to shul, uh, you know, on Sunday, the next day, put on Tiffany, because there's no free will. It's all wide open. There's a God in the world, and he wants you to do his will. But Hashem doesn't do that. He shows himself. He shows himself all over the world. Beseter means in secrecy. and He's hiding himself. Now this, Of course, when Hashem is hiding himself, really, the truth of the matter is, 
He's wide open. He's wide open, but you've got to open your eyes. It's called, you have sensory perception. You can gain sensory perception of Hashem all over the world. Just even look in the mirror. You see two eyes, a nose, two ears, a mouth, teeth. This is a wide open uh, uh, demonstration that there's a planner, that somebody planned it that way. Planner means that there was a plan. There was a planner, means there's a, there's a hashkacha, there's Hashem that planned everything like that with two ears. How could, how could it be every single person? Nobody has, uh, nobody got three ears. No human beings got three ears because it didn't happen by a, didn't happen by accident. If it happened by accident, there'd be some three-ear guys around, walking around, because it was planned like that. It was planned, and it's purposeful, and it's embedded in the DNA of people, of human beings. They're only going to have two ears. Now, is there a freak born once in a while? We're not talking about freaks of nature. We're talking about the 99, 99.9% of the time, two ears. People are born with two ears, one nose. No two two nose guys is out there. One nose, so that is an open manifestation. Hashemayim misaperin kivod kill. The world is talking and singing. Misaper is saying kivod kill about the existence of Hashem. And all the heavens are talking about the doings of His hands. Everything is speaking. He speaks the doing of His hands. Yoducha Hashem kol maasecha. All of the works of Hashem are 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 yeducha. They are they are um, they are they are they are lehodot. They are praising Him. They are acknowledging Him. Every single thing in this world, every natural thing in this world, is a proof manifestation to Hashem. But it's not wide wide open. It's something you gotta you gotta you gotta you have to exhibit. You have to exert some effort, and that's where our Free will comes in by exerting that effort. Hishtad lut, it's called. Hishtad lut, by, by, by giving it some effort. Now, furthermore, now, and another of the Yisadot that we have to just review, which one more, a big one is, Hashem says, after He created the whole world, on the sixth day, finally, finally He finished everything. And then He goes back and He says, Vayar Elohim asher asa me'od. He says, Hashem looks back, and he's writing this in his Torah forever, by the way. This is writing, so you should know it. He's saying, Vayar Elohim, and God saw. Not he saw, he thought about it, he contemplated it. He wants you to know that he saw. He knows what he saw, but he wants you to know. And he wants to, he's repeating it, because every day he says, Kitov, 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 basically, every day. And and Hashem, and he made it, Vayomer. So, 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 so. He already told us that he made it. But now, after six days, he's going to tell us, what is he got to, he's going to come back and tell us that he made it. Vayar Elohim. Because he wants us to know how good this gift is. And he wants us to know, again, that he made everything. He's reiterating it. He's recapitulating it. And he's telling us, it's tov me'od. It's forever good. Everything in this world exhibits tov. Tov means chesed. Everything's exhibiting chesed. All the things in this world show a chesed of Hashem. Male'ah ha'aretz. It's filling the world on all fronts. The chesed of Hashem. So this is a key, key pasuk that we have to have embedded in our minds, in the lib, in our hearts, in our yahadut, that everything Hashem is making, kol asher me'od. It's very, 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 that's why the rabbi used to say it. 
not very good, very, very, with three dots after it. It's, it, it's ad infinitum, he would tell you. It's foreverly good. So we have to think about that before we, 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 we go further in the Torah. This is a premise of Torah, that the world is very good. There's free will, and the world is very good. And he wants to tell us it's so good because he wants you to enjoy it even more. He wants to tell, Hashem is trying to tell you how much he loves you because he's telling you how good that piece of bread is, how good that piece of pie is, how good it is to breathe air, how good it is to be able to walk, how good it is to be able to see. It's tov me'od. How good it is to be able to digest food. It's tov me'od. How good it is to have a Torah kedoshah. Chibaye terash lo. It's tov me'od. And that you're creating the image of Hashem is tov me'od. All these things Hashem is trying to tell us, it's tov me'od that we should appreciate it, enjoy it even more. And what should we do then? We have to thank the giver. That's hakarata tov. Hakarata tov. To recognize the good first. First you got to recognize it. And then, then you can come to thank with a full heart, with, with, with a novea, with an overflowing your good is overflowing like an overflowing well of water. So once we realize how good God is to us, how good our mother and father have been to us, then you'll be able to thank with an overabundance of simcha, an overabundance of thanks and gratitude. First step is to realize what you're getting. And realize that then how good it is. You chew on it. How good it is. It's great. It's a good... It's a good piece of steak. You chew on it real good first. Chew on it good for a while. The more you chew on it, the better it tastes. And then you thank the giver and the maker for all these good things. So now Hashem is changing gears. And the Spirit of God is hovering on the face of the waters. We said that in Parashat Bereshit. It's hovering. It's looking for a place to land. And in the beginning, he said, it's, not, it's great. Hashem was thinking about the heavens and the earth. No, but he moved on. And then he went on to Adam Arishon. That was the purpose of creation, is Adam, people. But then he moved on. He moved on. He landed then on Noah. Noah was a big prophet. He saved the world. But then he moved on. He moved on to the children of Shem. Shem, that's Abraham Abinu. Abraham Abinu, that's where, the, that's where the spirit of Hashem landed and he settled on Abraham Abinu and his seed and his family. That's who we are, Abraham Abinu's family. That's B'nai Israel, And, and this is where we are right now, where, where, where Hashem is now, he's moving his, his eyes, so to speak, his, um, in, his, his, his concentration, his intent, his 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 intentions in his Torah, it's moving. It's moving now to Moshe Rabbeinu and Bnei Israel in the Eretz Mitzrayim. His his focus, Hashem's focus, is focusing now. Of course, Hashem's focus on everything at the same time, but right now in his Torah, he wants us to know that the the focus has moved to Bnei Israel and Mitzrayim. And that's the real reason why Bnei Yisrael on this terrible galut. Ah. When, they're, when, they, when they're being enslaved, they're being oppressed, they're being killed. It's not for any... Now, here's the chidush now. 
It's not for any punishment that they uh, are being enslaved in the, in the Galut in Mitzrayim. Shouldn't they never should think that. We shouldn't think that Galut Mitzrayim was a punishment for the brothers selling Yosef or because Yaakov favored Yosef with a special coat or because Abraham Avinu said, Bame'eda. With what shall I know? This needs study. But it's not the punishment for those things. The exile was intended by Hashem from the beginning as a birthplace of a nation. That's what it is. This exile is known as Kur Habarzel. Kur Habarzel. The iron furnace. It's refining. It's a refining furnace. In fact, the, the Kur Habarzel is mentioned by the, the Navi more than one time. Eretz Misaim is known as the Kur Habarzel. The hot refining furnace. And for that kind of a furnace, it refines gold. And the Bnei Yisrael is as compared to gold. But Hashem is sifting that gold. And when you put just uh, raw gold, there are impurities in the gold, in the gold. And in order to make the best kind of jewelry and uh, have the best kind of gold, you have to sift out, burn it out, burn out the impurities. There's lead in there, possibly. There's uh, other elements in there that aren't uh, worthwhile. And you don't want to weigh those down with the gold itself. That would be dishonest. So Hashem is now purifying the Bnei Yisrael and by putting him in this furnace called Misraim. Right. And, that's, and, and Rabbi Miller would say that's a sifting. Hashem is sifting. Hashem has been sifting since the world began. One time I was with the rabbi alone and uh, I was with the rabbi on a Friday night. And he, I said, what's going to happen? What's going to be with the uh, Jews in America, let's say? So he took his two hands, and he, and he started to shake them like a sifter, like a sifter, like a miner mining gold. Like there's, there's dirt in there, and then the dirt goes out the bottom of the sifter, and he's looking for the gold on top of the sifter. So the rabbi was shaking this sifter with his two hands, this uh, imaginary sifter, and he's telling me, uh, he's telling me the, the plan of Hashem, one of the plans of Hashem in the world, how he runs the world. Shed Hashem is always sifting. Only the best will merit receiving the Torah. Hashem, Hashem is sifting over here, Misraim, or the best. And the best are the ones that he, he's looking for. Not only to get the Torah, but in general. And Hashem is always sifting for the best. Others, others were sifted out. And throughout history, if you check, you'll find a lot of sifting been done throughout history. And Many were sifted out. For example, you had Cain and Hevel. Cain killed his brother. He was sifted out. You have Ishmael. Ishmael and Yitzhak. Ishmael was sifted out. You have Esav and Yaakov. Esav was sifted out. Esav had, was, could have been great, but he was sifted out. It wasn't good enough. The Sedokim. Sedokim were very great. Only one problem. They didn't believe in Torah Sheba, a few things. They had too much money. And Tzedokim eventually was sifted out. But Hashem had to make great operation to sift them out. Hashem had to destroy the Bet HaMittash, his own house. The Bet HaMittash, he sifted it out. He destroyed the Bet HaMittash in order to sift out the Tzedokim because they were too powerful. The whole religion was, would go down the drain. They were becoming the, uh, the Kohen Gadol and they were changing the service. They were changing the, a lot of things. So Hashem had to burn it down and sift out the uh, the Haskalah movement, which was in the 1800s, started by uh, Moses Mendelssohn, let's say, that was 
it was this, that's the reform movement, let's say, the precursor for the reform movement, and they were ruining Judaism. They had a they had a, this caused a large amount of assimilation, intermarriage, Haskalah. They were changing the Torah around, Bible criticism, and they were sifted out basically because today there's not too much Haskalah around today. In the old days, it was a it was a strong thing, and Hashem had to bring Lo'alenu. Part of the uh, the Holocaust sifted a lot of, a lot of those people out. Holocaust, the um, the arbitering people and the uh, Yiddishists and the, uh, the Zionists, those people were were sifted out by the uh, by Machshemu. Now America is also a sifting, a big sifting process in America. Shem is also searching for the best. And and in America, we have a huge amount of intermarriage right now in America, assimilation, and that's a sift out. Shem is sifting those people out. Or you could say it on the other way. He's sifting the good ones in. He's, so, he's keeping the good ones in the pot. And, 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 and you could look at it again that way. The purpose of the exile was to refine the nation. And what happened over here is... They were being oppressed by the uh, Egyptians, certainly. The Egyptians threw, the, threw babies in the Nile. They're very cruel people, very cruel. They, um, they worship, the Egyptians, you have to know, worship the asp and the baboon. You know, uh, Josephus brings that down from Berezos the Chaldean, Ur-Kazdim, an his, ancient historian, that they worship the asp and the baboon. Asp is a snake, and the baboon is a monkey. And also the crocodile, the crocodile. They worshipped the crocodile in the Nile, and they became cruel like those animals. You 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 take on what what you worship, and we worship the sublime, kind Hashem, and that's why the Jewish people are are komle chasadim by shanim rachmanim komle chasadim. We're getting those traits from where. Those traits are Hashem's traits, and we are absorbing those traits by, 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 by worshiping Hashem, and we are, uh, we have Him as a model. He's our model, and we are uh, emulating those traits. And this is our, this is what we we're thanking Hashem that He gives us such a model to emulate those. That's why when we say Ata Kadosh, it's really a thanks. We say Ata Kadosh. We want to thank Hashem that you're giving us such a model to emulate and not like the goyim with the emulating, who knows what, emulating crocodiles and baboons and asps and look what they become, become very cruel people. The Egyptians threw babies in the river. The Egyptians told the Jewish midwives to kill, strangle children that were just born, strangle them. It's an unheard of thing. That's not human to strangle babies. And you know, we have to know it's not the, in our uh, century. Uh, Rabbi Miller used to quote from a book by Pearl S. Buck called The Good Earth. One time it was required reading. I remember when I was in high school, we read that book. Pearl S. Buck called The Good Earth. She was an American that traveled to uh, China and wrote about her travels to China. And she said in her book that the when the woman would give birth, the uh, doctor or the, the, the good birth and the midwife would look up at the uh, at the husband of the lady 
and the and and the and the and the midwife would tell the lady it's a girl the husband would give him the thumbs down and the midwife would take a uh, a handkerchief a wet handkerchief and put it over the mouth of the baby Loadanu and suffocate the baby that's the cultures that's the the cruel people that are of the world that don't have a Torah ter- terribly cruel people now now the purpose of the exile was to again to refine the nation. So how is that? How is that going to be? So we have to know. It says in the, in Parashat Shemot, el Hashem el They cried out. They screamed out to, to God from the labor, from the hard work, from the cruel hard work. You know, they whipped the people. They uh, they put their, their children in the wall. They did all terrible things. The Egyptians. And God heard their cry. And Hashem remembered his covenant with who? It Abraham, it Isaac, it Jacob. So, so, so the rabbi writes like this. And the outcry went up to God from their work. The purpose for which Hashem had caused Egypt to burden Israel, the Jewish people, with such intolerable labor, was to bring about this outcry. Now you have to know, Hashem's not cruel that he wants, he doesn't need the outcry. He doesn't need the outcry. Hashem Hashem knows that this outcry is a perfection for the Jewish people because it means that you know there's somebody to cry to. And 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 tefillah is a perfection of a Jew. So there's two ways to get that perfection. You can cry when you need it, when you have a when you stubbed your finger. When you have a cut on your hand, you cry. Cry, I need your help. I have a cut on my finger. Or you can cry to Hashem from happiness. Hashem, I'm so happy. I just had a I just had a baby boy. I had a baby girl. I'm so happy. I love you. I, I, I owe everything to you. There's two ways of crying out. And the better way is to cry out from happiness. Ibdu Hashem b'simcha. To cry out when you're having a happy day, when you're having all your family over. For for uh, Shabbat lunch, the whole family's over. That's a happy day. So you cry out. Crying means you're thanking. So over here, the rabbi continues and he says, the outcry to Hashem is the great achievement of mankind. It's one of the purposes of life, to cry out to Hashem, whether crying out in great happiness and gratitude or from distress. The purpose of life is to gain awareness of Hashem. Yirat Shamaim. And the outcry to Him is one of the most effective means of achieving this awareness. By crying out to Hashem, by talking to Hashem, walking in the street and talking to Hashem, asking Hashem to give you to give you good health, to, to, to keep you well, asking Hashem for success in, for your children. All this talking to Hashem is gaining Yirat Shamayim because it shows you that there's somebody out there that's listening. It wasn't a momentary cry and not merely an outcry to nowhere, but it was a sustained outcry that continued and increased. The Jewish people were being oppressed and they kept crying out to Hashem. And it was directed to God of, of our fathers, the God of their fathers. This achievement of perfection of mind was so immensely important that it is here characterized as going up to God. And the outcry went up to God. To understand how weighty this achievement was, we must look further in the Torah where Hashem gives two reasons for his decision to take action to redeem Israel. 
Listen carefully. Two reasons. One, over here, I shall uphold, uphold my the 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 et beriti. I shall uphold my covenant with them. With who? Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov. That is going to they're going to be slaves for four hundred years, and he's going to take them out with rechush gadol, with a with a great wealth, meaning the Torah, also money. And then number two, vegamani shamati. I also heard the outcry of the sons of Israel, of the Jewish people, and I remembered my covenant. This great, well, you have to know, you might say, hey, doesn't Hashem keep his word? He has a covenant. He has a, a treaty. He, he gave us his word. He's going to take us out of Mitzrayim. So what does he need to hear our outcry for? Even if we didn't cry out, doesn't Hashem, have, didn't he give his word to the Abot that he's going to take us out of Mitzrayim? So, so why is the Torah telling us I heard the outcry and I remembered my covenant. Well, Hashem's going to forget. He's got. He doesn't. He don't forget. Ah. So we learn over here a great sword that from the principle that the, the the remembering the covenant was contingent upon the outcry. Anything Hashem Hashem wants you to know that He gives us because we ask. We have an outcry. We're asking for it. We are we are asking for it out of happiness or asking for it from distress. The idea is that we're calling out to somebody. So that's why we say, Shema Koleno, when you get up to the Amidah, you're galloping through the Amidah, Rabbi would say. You're galloping, you're running through the Amidah. Then you get up to Shema Koleno, slow down. Slow down by Shema Koleno. And now think, there's somebody out there listening to us. Shema Koleno, listen. You're listening. Because you are listening to the prayer or the outcry of all that's coming out of the mouth, coming out of my mouth, that I'm praying. Say atah, you put an emphasis on atah. Atah kadosh, atah, atah honen, atah, you, you, you. So the idea is to get that perception that there's a you out there. That's the whole idea of the tefillah, to know that there's a you out there. Otherwise, uh, you're praying to the book. You look in the book, you look into the pages, you're praying to the air. No, you have to stop, take, open up your eyes, Look out there next to maybe look at the Hechal and say, Ata, you are the one. All my salvation is due to you. Ata Shomea, you're listening. Think that there's somebody out there listening. And of course there's no Hashem has no ears, he has no eyes, has no no mouth, he has no enlo de mutaguf eno goof. But you're allowed to think. You should think very carefully that there's someone listening. Ata Shomea. You're listening. And this great Sustained outcry was the justification for the fulfillment of the covenant. Right. So the outcry, that caused the berit to come into play. The merit of this constant outcry should therefore be taken as a special achievement for which the Jewish people gained special favor in the eyes of Hashem, who desires the prayers of the righteous. Hashem mitaveh sadikim. That's in the Gemara. Now the question is, why does Hashem desire these prayers, which we mentioned already? Why does Hashem desire that he doesn't need him? Ah, and the answer is a big answer. Because these prayers are the perfection of a perfection of awareness of Hashem for which we were created. And therefore Hashem desires the perfection which the righteous gain. So Hashem is very happy with his children. We're his children. And when, when Hashem sees us perfecting ourselves, when we get that good report card and it says on it says A A and it says on the teacher says on the bottom, the teacher says, it's a pleasure to have Yaakov in my class. He's such a good boy. He's getting better all the time. Great me daughter. He helps other kids in the class. 
then it makes the parent very happy. It makes the parent, it has, gives him nachat ruach. It makes the parent smile. Why? Because that's what the parent wants. Parents want to see the child get better, attain perfection, get improved, improve in every way. And when Hashem is the same way. When Hashem hears our prayers, that is our perfection, and Hashem, it makes Hashem happy, so to speak, because he sees his children, that's us, that we are gaining Yirat Shamaim. So this thus this affliction in Egypt was the time of Israel's chief greatness, where they cried to Hashem, gained them such excellence that made them worthy of being redeemed to become Hashem's people. So we see over here that was the reason that we became that we got Adam assigned because of this excellence. And we have to know, the rabbi used to, uh, used to say this, he said, the best time to ask Hashem for, your, for good health is when you have it, when you have good health. Best time to ask. So now, we start in the parashah, Ve'ele Shemot. Ve'ele Levav it's connecting Vav. If you check the Pesukim in our parashah, you may, and many others, you're going to find, you're going to notice that all start with a Vav, a lot of Vavs, everything's connected. They tell us that Hashem is the great connector. Nothing happens outside of his providence. Hashem is connecting everything. Everything is a result of what happened before. This is the Yesod of the Torah. With this in mind, we can think that whatever is happening today is a result of yesterday. It's planting, planting seeds for growth. And therefore, our tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow, is a result of how we prepare today. Hatken prepare yourself in the vestibule so, if you want to get a good seat in Olam Abba, you got to prepare yourself in Olam Azeh. You have to prepare yourself in Midotovot, good character traits, smiling at people, helping people, being happy, and many other traits of character. Keeping, keeping, keeping quiet, not answering back, not insulting anybody, being honest. All these are Erachum, having merciful, Hanun, Erechapayim, have, uh, have patience, patience with your wife, patience with your children, patience with Hashem. How about having patience with Hashem? People think, hey, you know, I'm doing everything good, but I'm getting the raw end of the stick over here. I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, being showered with money or being showered with health. I'm doing everything I was told to do, 613 mitzvot. But I did have to be also patient with Hashem, and certainly you can't, you can't be, you can't be asking Him, you know, strictly in such a manner. You have to ask Him in a very, very, very humble way. But you should ask, no question, no, nothing wrong with asking in a humble manner. Praying, keep praying, but patience. You got to be patient with yourself too. Of course, you got to get going. You got to keep moving, but don't get disheartened if you can't learn that page again. But be patient. If you keep reviewing it. Eventually, you'll be able to digest it even better. Now, now, talking about looking ahead, like when you're going into your house, or you're going into your boss's uh, office, you grab the doorknob, you grab the doorknob, but don't open the door, the rabbi would say, rabbi would say, don't open the door, don't open the door so quickly. Think, what's on the other side of that door? When you come home at night, what's on the other side of that door? Your wife has had a rough day with the kids. And she's at her wit's end, let's say. So be very discerning. 
Whatever she's going to tell you, let it go over your head. Don't stop the action. Don't stop. When you go in your boss's office, keep quiet. That, that's Haro'et Hanori. Look ahead. So over here, we're learning about the our great mothers. It was only on the merit of the great mothers that the uh, B'nai Israel were, were redeemed from Egypt. But over here, we bring, Torah brings the episode of Shifran Pu'ah, Yochevet Miriam. And Yochevet, we know, was the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu and the wife of Amram. Amram and Yochevet, great people. And Miriam was their daughter, that's Moshe Rabbeinu's sister. Great person, very great. And she saved Moshe's life. She waited, she waited uh, in the distance to make sure that uh, someone's going to gonna get the basket, catch the basket, and Moshe the baby was floating in the basket. Now, they were commanded by Paro to kill baby boys. Kill them. Throw them in the river. Throw them to the alligators. Why? Because the astrologers saw that the Redeemer is being born. Paro even had Egyptian babies being killed, by the way, which the people didn't didn't uh, like that too much. They wanted to get rid of them because of that. But he even killed, went that far to kill Egyptian baby boys in order to save his reign. R-E-I-N. Now, to bathe, they also told him to bathe in the blood. They to bathe in blood. This uh, how cruel he went. He bathed in the blood of Jewish children because he had leprosy. But they do not kill the boys and they risk their lives. These these Jewish midwives, they, they, they didn't kill the boys at risk of their own lives. How were they able to do it? Quote the Pasuk, They feared Hashem. They were aware of Hashem. They, 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 they saw that Hashem was watching them. They were trained to have Yirat Shemaim. They were trained by this great family. That was the trademark of the family. Going way back to Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov, and to the Imahot, to have Yirat Shemaim. Yirat Shemaim is what they lived by. That's what the Yosef lived by. I'm aware that Hashem is watching me, and I have Yirat Shemaim. So it was because of the Shirat Shemaim that stopped them from killing the Jewish boys at risk of their own, own lives. So we're learning this great lesson, certainly. We also see that Yirat Shemaim is now great mothers. And in the beautiful original Jewish names that they named their children, you know, the names that they named their children in uh, these mothers, they didn't name them after uh, their grandpa, their uncle, their mother, their father. These original names, for example... Elitzur ben Shedeur. Nobody was named Elitzur before that. God is my rock. Elitzur. Sur is a rock. He's my foundation. He's my stone. Ben Shedeur. Shedeh Shaddai Ur. Shaddai is Hashem. Ur is my my fire. And Elisha, Elishama ben Suri Shaddai. Elishama. God is listening. God heard my. God hearing is hearing my prayers. Elishama. He always hearing me. Ben Suri, my rock, Shaddai. God is my rock again. Amram, the nation of the Most High. Amram. How about Eliasaf ben Deuel? Eliasaf, God should increase. Ben, there was a prayer. Ben Deuel. God is, should give me Deudat. Dat Kel. Now, the greatest men, men in the world, Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov, on the other side, they. They weren't named after these men. And yet, 
We don't see, they were the greatest men, and we don't see anywhere in the Torah that anyone is named after Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. That's a big question. Rabbi Miller uh, 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 noticed that, wrote it in his book. Now, isn't that a wonder? The answer is respect, he says, reverence. They had so much reverence and respect for those, for the Avot, Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov, they wouldn't dare name their children after them. Now, And Moshe's, the baby Moshe's life is in great danger since the Egyptians and they were throwing the babies into the Nile, as we said. Moshe was born. Moshe was born circumcised. He was very special, and the room was filled with light when he was with his countenance. Now, some of his ten names were Tob. Torah uh, drops one of them here. In it, Tob. Tob means good. Tubia was another name. Abigidor was another name. Hutiel was in the name. But the name that Hashem called him by and that our Torah was forever, was uses forever, is the Egyptian name given to him by the Egyptian princess Batya, who saved his life. Moshe. She says, I, I drew him from the water and I called him Moshe. Moshe is also akin to a, uh, to a, to a uh, Hebrew word, Mishitiu, as well. But she is the one that called him Moshe. This demonstrates the truth of our Torah, that our greatest man is called by an Egyptian name, and and he could have been called by other names. The, the, his, mother, his mother didn't coin him Moshe. could have been called Tob, as we said. But we want to give Hakarata Tov, Hakarata Tov to Batya. Every time we say Moshe, the light goes off, goes on, and Shemaim and Batya saved his life. And now the focus of Hashem's attention shifts from the Abot to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Spirit of Hashem is hovering, and the Shekhinah will land on the greatest man in the world, Moshe Rabbeinu. All of this, all is in preparation to lead the nation of Israel from Mitzrayim to Har Sinai and Kabbalat HaTorah. This is the birth of a nation that will live, that is still living right now. And and our Rabbi Yaakov Emden cites the fact that Am Yisrael Chai, the only and only Am Yisrael to the biggest proof of the existence of Hashem Elokei Yisrael. The fact is, he says that what's the biggest proof of God in the world? The fact that, the, that there's any Jews left in the world today because they all wanted to stamp us out. The most important foundation of Torah is Hakarata Tov recognizing and expressing gratitude. The opposite of this, the worst trait, is ingratitude. Kifui tova. We see it by Paro. Paro says, Asher lo yada et Yosef. Paro, Yosef saved the whole world. He saved the country. He gave Paro, he got Paro all the land and all the money from all the people that wanted to continue to eat. He, they sold their land and their money and they became, they, they, they also indentured themselves to slaves to Paro. And yet, there was a new king in, in land. Yosef is worst trade in the in the book. Yosef had saved Egypt from famine, and he made all these things. He gave Paro everything, and Paro forgot all that Yosef had done. How could that be? What ingratitude! The worst arrogance, and we have to stay far away from that. Those traits. It's to teach us again that the most important foundation of Torah, Midot, is Hakarat recognizing and expressing gratitude. 
Moshe is now the prince of Egypt. Now let's see a, a tremendous principle, big test that Moshe is going to have right now. He's the prince. He's being reared as royalty. In fact, Hashem has planned this too. So Moshe will be royalty. You know, Moshe ended up, you know, he represented the Bnei Israel in front of Paro and he didn't want to act, he, he wanted to be trained. Hashem wanted him to be trained 